Nedarim Daf Ayintet. The last thing we were discussing was a statement by Rabbi Hanina. A person heard his wife vow and he wanted to teach her a lesson, so he kept quiet, but with intention to uh, annul that vow in a couple of days. Rabbi Hanina said that's okay. Now the problem is Rabbah brought a Braita trying to prove opposite, that being quiet with the intent of annulling on a later date is not good enough and the Gemara should away. And Rav Hasda brought a Braita explaining how there's stringencies in upkeeping a vow more than annulling it and there's also stringencies in annulling a vow more than upkeeping it. And we explain that the stringencies in upkeeping a vow, even when someone's quiet, it, it, the vow could still stand. And we didn't explain how the stringencies by annulling a vow more than upkeeping a vow. So the, with that, we're starting Ayin Tet Amud Aleph, seven lines in, where it says Ashkehan. First word on the line is Ashkehan. So Ashkehan, we found Homer Ba'akemi Ba'afer, stringencies in, in regards to upkeeping a vow more than annulling it. But how do we know the stringencies in annulling a vow more than upkeeping it? So Amar Bihanan because because if someone uh, upkept a vow for his wife, he could uh, annul it that day, and he could still annul it that day. Meaning he could uh, upkeep that vow at two o'clock in the afternoon, three o'clock he could change his mind and annul whatever he upkept. And then he at 3.30, he could uh, annul the ent- his wife's vow. However, but if he annulled the vow already, he can't uh, redo that. He can't now do on what he uh, annulled and now upkeep the vow. Okay, so now the Gemara is going to go back to what Rabbi Hanina said in the beginning, where a person was quiet to teach his wife a lesson, he has even 10 days to annul that vow. So the Gemara has a question. Mativ Rav Kana. Rav Kana has a problem. We have a Brayta. It says, If her husband heard the vow and he stayed quiet, it sounds like all her vows stand. So, the Pasuk is talking about someone who kept quiet to teach her a lesson, and still you only got one day. Are we talking about someone who was quiet to teach his wife a lesson? Or maybe we're talking about a situation where a person was quiet uh, just to, to upkeep that vow. So the Brayta explains, when, when we say in the Pasuk, because her husband was quiet for her, you see that the Pasuk is talking about a situation where he was quiet so he could upkeep that vow. So then what do I do with the, with the Pasuk where it says if he's quiet uh, to her vow? We're talking about a situation where he was quiet to teach her a lesson and still the vow stands and it's tiyubta and it's a problem with Rabbi Hanina. But the Gemara is a problem. Vilokim ha, why don't we just say Vim Harish Yaharish is talking about Bishotek al Minat Lekayim. We're talking about a person who was quiet because he wants to uh, upkeep that vow. And ha Bishotek stam, and you could say the Pasuk here, Harish La is talking about a person who was quiet without explaining. And what makes you say, where do you go off learning that a person who wants to teach his wife a lesson, it stands at the end of the day? 
So like Mark explains, because there's extra words. It says it three times. It says in Haresh Yaharish. So you have two times where the man is quiet. That's Kansas two. And then you have another third Pasuk where it says Kiharish La. So you have the word Harish Harash three times. You have to say one is talking about where a person is quiet so one he's quiet without explaining. And you have to say that the third one is you ha- it, it, where a person wants to teach his wife a lesson, and still you only have until the end of the day to annul that vow. So now, Mativ Rabarav has another question under Bihanina. We, we look at our Mishnah, it says, If a woman vowed on Shabbat, right before it got dark, he's allowed to annul until it gets dark. Why? Because if he didn't annul and it got dark, he cannot annul anymore. And the Gemara asks, Am I, why can't he annul it that Shabbat? Why don't we count it as a person was quiet to teach her a lesson? Let's say the only reason he was quiet, because it's Shabbat, he's busy with Shabbat, he doesn't want to talk about Divrei uh, Hol Shabbat, for example, and uh, and that's the reason he was quiet, let him be mefirm, let's say Shabbat, let it count as a, as a person who's trying to be, who's trying to be quiet to teach his wife a lesson, it's a problem on Rabbi Hanina. So now, here's another problem on Rabbi Hanina. Mativ Rav Ashi has another problem from our Mishnah. Yodea Ani Sheyesh Nidarim, if a husband says, I know that there's vows, I didn't know that I could annul the vow. At that point, yeah, fair, we, you could annul it right there. If a husband said, I know you could annul, I didn't know this was a vow. So Rabbi Meir says, it's too late, you cannot annul. Also, yeah, fair, you could annul it. Now, according to Rabbi Hanina, if a person is quiet without thinking of upkeeping that vow, it's not considered being quiet. And he could annul it even after a couple of days. It's a problem with Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir holds he could not annul. And according to Rabbi Hanina, he could annul. Why is that? Let it count as a person who's quiet, who's trying to bother his wife, he's trying to teach her a lesson, and let him be able to annul it even after a couple of days. And the Gemara ends off that this is also a problem on Rabbi Hanina. And we have to say that if a person is quiet even to teach his wife a lesson, still, he cannot annul any more after that day has passed. Hadran Allah Aram Orasan, with that we're starting the 11th parak of Masechet Nedarim. Now, up until now, we learned that a father-husband has a right to annul his wife or daughter's vow. In this parak, we're going to talk about what type of vows he could annul. Not every type of vow, only certain ones. Either one, if it has to do where she's suffering, the father, the husband could step in and say no. And number two, if it's things between him and her where it's going to bother, it's going to disrupt the life that they share together, then the husband could step in and say no. And this is learned from the Pasuk, which has been ish le ishto. Now, if it has to do where she's making herself suffer, the husband can annul the entire thing. But if it's uh, if it's something that it has to do between him and her, it's disrupting their lives, he could only annul the part of the vow that has to do with their lives. Or only as long as they are together. So if they get divorced, then the, the, then the vow uh, continues. Now, in regards to the father, there's a lot, most Rishonim hold that the husband and the father are the same in regards to 
they could only annul vows that have her suffering or that are in between them. But the Rambam argues he holds the father could annul all vows, and there's a back and forth between the Rishonim exactly how that works. But with that, we're going to start the new Mishnah. The following vows the husband annuls. Things that make her suffer. For example, if I will take a bath or not, if I will decorate myself, put on makeup or not. And these vows are not uh, this suffering, rather, these are in between him and her type of vows. The following are, are vows that make her suffer. If she said, I vow the fruits of the world on me, then she's not allowing herself to eat fruits. That's called the suffering, and he could step in and, and annul. For example, if she said, the fruits of this country on me, then just go bring her fruits from somewhere else. And again, most Rishonim over here hold, he could annul, because it's a lot of work for him to go get from somewhere else. If she if she said I don't like the store I vow all the all the fruits of this store is going to be a sort to me he cannot annul just go to a different store but for whatever reason or another his panasa his food his sustenance comes from this store for example this person gives him credit he could pay once a month once every couple of months and other stores won't give it to him. says he could annul because that's making him work too hard. That's a tihad that I don't have to go through. I think my starts. It sounds like things that make her suffer, he could annul. Vows that don't have her suffering, then he, he cannot annul. Now the problem is we learned Ben Ben Av Melamed. What do we learn? That the husband can annul vows that are in between them, meaning something that separates them, something that causes a distance, even though there is no Ainuinefesh, even though she's not suffering. So the Gemara explains, They said, really, the husband can annul both, the ones that make her suffer and the ones that, that uh, distance them. Mihu, but wait, something that makes her suffer, he can annul forever. But if there are things that uh, don't make her suffer, they just distance themselves from each other. When they're married together, then it's annulled. When he divorces her, then her vow stands. And again, all this is that's only things that distance them from each other that don't have a suffering. But if she's suffering because of this vow, then then the vow doesn't step in at any point when she divorces. It stops right there. So now, the Gemara has a problem. Things that don't, uh, don't make her suffer. You want to tell me when they get divorced, it, it steps in and then it goes on her? But we learned a woman who vowed that anything she makes, anything she does, all the money she makes is going to be a sort to her husband, as a like Konam. Rabbi Yohanan ben Uri Omer Yafir. Rabbi Yohanan said you should annul it. Why? Because maybe he's going to divorce her. And after divorce, She's going to be a sort of and he cannot uh, remarry her. So, what do you understand? 
what do we learn? That if he divorces her and he annuls it, it's annulled from the beginning. And it's going to be annulled even afterwards. That's why he won't be able to remarry her. So again, we go back to the question, why did Tana say that the husband could only annul things that make her suffer? It sounds like even things that are in between both of them, he could annul that too. And that annulment will help even for after divorce, meaning it's an annulment forever. And that vow is never going to uh, pop in again. That's why he says vow, because you might come to divorce and it's going to come back. So the Gemara explains again. Amre, so again, they explained halin vehalin, whether it's nedarim that make her suffer or nedarim that uh, distance themselves from each other. They're both havia hafara, they're both a very good annulment. Ela, there's a difference. The things that make her suffer, mefer ben la'atzmo or ben la'aherim. Then he could divorce whether forever, meaning whether she's under him, whether she's ra'uit to marry someone else, divorced. And by inuin nefesh, if they if it's a vow that doesn't have her suffering, then le'atzmo mefer, then he could annul for himself. However, la'herim eno mefer. When it comes to other people, meaning if she's going to get married to someone else, he cannot annul. V'hachi katanim. This is what the the Mishnah tried to say. Elu nedarim shehu mefer. The following vows he could annul ben le'atzmo ben la'herim, whether it's for him was meaning as long as they're married. Or even if she marries someone else, things that make her suffer. Next, we learned in the Mishnah the following are vows that uh, are called Ainu Nefesh, the ones that she's suffering from. If she said, I'm not taking a bath. So, what exactly did she say? Remember, an action is not a lashon of a neder. So, if you want to tell me, she said, I vow not to eat any of the fruits in the world. All the fruits are asur to me if I take a bath. And Tanakama holds, if she takes a bath, everything's going to be asur. Therefore, her husband could step in and annul everything. And Rabbi Yossi argues that he doesn't, uh, he cannot annul. Then, now really, why do you even need an annulment? Lotirhats. Let her not take a bath. And the fruits will not be asur on her. And if you want to say the whole vow over here is she's said the fruits of the world on her if uh, if she takes a bath. Really, does Rabbi Yossi really hold that this is not a vow that's going to make her suffer? Uh, you should always worry. Why don't you worry that she's going to take a bath and all the fruits of the world are going to be asur on her? And even the BOC would admit that this is a type of vow that 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 you could annul. It's uh, something that's going to make her suffer. We should worry that she's going to put herself in a situation where everything's going to be asur, so just annul it. Meaning, Rabbi Yossi holds that you could annul a vow that has to do with Ainu Nefesh. He's just told him that this is not the Nidarim Ainu Nefesh. So, but that doesn't make sense because it could definitely get to Ainu Nefesh. So he should be able to annul. And we'll stop right here. Baruch Hashem Na'olam. Amen. Ve'amen.